Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Saint14project. When I told him, I'm like, by a few, you're a game killer. He was like, wait, what? <laughs> he was so upset by it. That's so mean. Oh. I'm allowed to tease the British guy, okay? It's my job. I like Belle. I really like your ma- maniacal serial killer laugh in the background. That's <laughs> good. That's good. That's good. You created, you created a good ambiance. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Saint 14 Project Podcast, a production of Project Guardians. We have uh, Average Joe, Hatchy Dave, Dr. Goku, and Bell Bunny. What's going on, everybody? Not so much. Hey, how's it going? Canada's in third winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the Hobbit. Winter is never coming. It's it's just it, like it's never ending your, and your ever roommate. coming. It's your roommate. It's, it's like the down here in the southeast, it's called the pollening. <laughs> Texas, we it, have it's like the, the Fellowship of the Rings, where they talk about second breakfast and third breakfast. Here, it's second and third winter. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's why you guys drink a lot. <laughs> exactly, we got to keep warm. Where I'm at, awesome. Southeast just came out of their fake winter just not too long ago. Where I'm at, we got four seasons. We in had one this day. conversation. <laughs> Sounds vaguely. Yeah, familiar. you you live in Texas. We know. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Texas. Right. No. Um, but with us also is uh, a Project Guardians event streamer. He's a Twitch affiliate, and he's also the community manager for um, Atlanta's broadcasting community powered by Twitch, uh, the one and only Dr. Crazy. What's up, brother? Nothing much. How are you guys doing? Good, dude. Hey. <laughs> dude, yeah, we are so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I know, and, and now, now, now Bill has like a fellow Xboxer. What's up, buddy? Yeah, Heck yeah. finally. So glad he came on, bud. <laughs> exactly. That's almost worse. I, I might just get Xbox Live if it comes to the Switch. So, <laughs> supposed to come to the Switch. So. I have one. It's not. Wait, Plus. what? I don't know if that was no, an it's April true. Fool's or it's not. coming was to it? the Switch. How do you wait? Wait, pause. How do you have Xbox Live on? Xbox Switch? Live is supposed to re- release on oh, uh, with right. the Game Pass on Nintendo Switch, like a streaming service. Was that out? I heard they put that on on hold. What though. sorcery is this? It was in the talks, and I hear they put it on hold mm. for now. If they do, but, I will. Okay, it could happen. <laughs> wait, what? What is it? I don't know. I also saw that God of War Switch game case, too. I, I think that would be an April really? Fool's just because yeah, it's a first-party Sony it was on game. Somebody was holding up in a GameStop a You know God what is War, coming to the Switch, like, though? Fourth game, For sure. A new one in a Switch Hellblade. game. What? Yes, I heard about that. The, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It Hellblade's is. on everything awesome. now. It's getting my... Mm-hmm. That's a new Skyrim. ...blood going just because it's like, <gasps> I can steal my daughter's Switch. Nice. Awesome. That's right. It is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I'm get Dr. Crazy, uh, welcome to the project. And I want to see what it's like on PC aren't with aware this of you type of definition your, and um, awesomeness that most people bow to. Uh, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? What what kind of games you stream? Um, uh, why why you got interested in streaming? Like for our uh, mental health awareness streams and uh, and your role with um, the newly revised um, Atlanta broadcasting community, also known as Twitch Atlanta. Tweets Atlanta. Um, I started streaming a while uh, four years ago. I guess that was one of the many many questions you gave mm-hmm. me but uh started streaming about four years ago it was another fellow streamer that inspired me because he pretty much got off his high horse and actually started streaming because of his peers told him you should try streaming it's a lot more profitable a lot more fun a lot more the freedom i guess uh, rather than working for the man and that just inspired me to juice up my laptop and start my first game of Plants vs. Zombies on <laughs> my first stream, so. Um, I've been playing games, uh, we got the affiliate ship, all that fun stuff. Um, recently, I guess you called it the Great Revivalization, I don't know what awesome word you want to insert here, but Twitch Atlanta reached out and nominated me to be their next community manager. I had like five minutes to give them a rebuttal, and I failed to give them a rebuttal, so uh, they're stuck with me now. It's true. And I am their now com- <laughs> their community manager now. And we actually just got off the heels of our uh, first event here back about two weeks uh, ago. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, did I just accelerate the conversation? My bad. No, you're fine. No, keep going. All right. So um, <laughs> I brought a GG <laughs> button, too. Um what was uh, I'm sorry you hit me with like five questions in one um, time. what was uh, <laughs> um, so what um, what got you interested other than me asking you um, what piqued your interest in like participating in our mental health awareness streams so um, as normal people that find their way to mental health uh, communities is normally they have some sort of mental health and I noticed that I've been having some just worsening depression over the years it probably started with one cataclysmic the event you may have heard of the fire nation i'm just playing but um uh one event just pretty much got me onto that spiral down and when you came to me when i had one of our little get-togethers about nine months back you were like i do stuff for mental health and i'm like you know what out of all the things i want to do charity work for i mean sure there's cancers there's babies there's hospitals but i honestly feel like there's a lot of people out there who use games to cope with mental health, and there are a lot of people who don't think about using games to cope with mental health. And when you introduced me to Checkpoint and all the other organizations we work with, I was just like, where do I sign up for this? Because, I mean, I too suffer from mental health symptoms. So, Awesome. Um, I, know, I know you lightly mentioned... Um, the kind of revival event for uh, Twitch Atlanta. Um, why, why don't you talk about that a bit and like um, your expectations going into it reverse what ended up happening? So um, events happened around early February, I think right around after the Super Bowl. I believe your podcast touched on that if you want to go revert to a previous episode. What episode was that, Sentinel? Yes. Seven. Um, so yeah, if y'all reference to that episode, um, that's kind of where my story begins with Twitch Atlanta. Previously, before then, I was running 
unofficial events because I was told I can't have Twitch in the name, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I thought those rules were kind of confining for doing the official Twitch stuff, so I just kind of did my own thing. And by doing that, I built a lot of friendships. I bumped into you, Alex, Sentinel Dad, whatever. Are we using fake names or real names? Whatever. Either works. Okay. So I bumped into you, Sentinel Dad, and a lot of other great people I've met that eventually, like, half of you guys became my mod team. Um, Including a former guest on our show, Centrobos. Yes, yes, actually, um, she is one of our mods. She helped out immensely on that uh, event. So I honestly thought event planner, I'm sorry, not event planners, um, community managers were just, you know, glorified um, party planners. I found out that is not quite the case at all. Um, When I got the reins of Twitch Atlanta, I wanted to make sure all social media we had was under our control after our first meetup. I did two emergency meetups. Because I needed to see the condition we were in. Because Twitch Atlanta, yeah, it was wasn't it was it, it, it was a Discord most people muted. Is <laughs> basically all it yes. was. Because like it, we, I, he, the previous uh, overseer, the like, man who shall not be named, yeah. um, LNLL. Um, he uh, he didn't like do an event. I, I like I think the only events in 2018 were yours, your unofficial meetups. I think he had one at a local game bar. Oh, was? Wow. Then yes, I do hold. Then I am. Then I am the title champion for holding the most meetups in uh, 2018. One of them was right on the heels of Guardian Con too. I was like, uh, so. But um, I ran those two little mini meetups. I had 14 for our first one like 25 for the second one the third one we ran at the end of october got me like 35 so i told the guys come beginning of january when i did not have the title Mm -hmm. we were gonna have 40 people and everyone was like oh sure you're you're such a little cutie with your little 40 little gamer parties and it was so adorable they thought and then um (laughs) february happened I did my two emergency meetups. There's a lot of real passionate people here in Atlanta that want to see this community. Like, the first emergency meetup, it was eight dudes at a bar eating wings and beer. I kid you not. And so I did a second meetup. (laughs) Good times. Good times. It was a Taco Mac, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was there, yeah. And and so the second meetup, I was was thinking, you know, we got eight the first one. I was thinking we were going to get 12. 25 people showed up for that little emergency meetup. Not even two weeks' notice. I said, guys, I just want to see where everyone is, to see who I can depend on. A lot of people came out on that one. Uh, Even the game bar was really impressed. They're like, wow, good job. I'm like, "I I don't even know what I'm doing. And... Then we finally got down to the June. We opened up a Eventbrite uh, RSVP site. Yeah, I was like, and then, and then what, what was it like? Forty eight oh. hours before the event, like Twitch finally unveiled their Twitch meetup thing. On yeah, <laughs> so I was under a very heavy NDA about that. Mm-hmm. There were like no talks, no whispers, no nothing. So I knew all that was going on, and they actually underwent a two week delay. And I was like, oh, so we're getting real close to my meetup here, so we're just going to not use that website. And when we did use the website, I still got 20 people to RSVP, mm. but they said we were allowed to use our own means for RSVPing. So all the other, I call them the Illuminati, but all the other community managers around the world 
are on this one Discord. And then the two highest chairs are actually Twitch paid employees. I think 8-Bit Dylan and uh, the the nice lady Mm -hmm. who's my boss. And she's the head community manager. And so she tells us basically do this part of your contracts or don't be part of Twitch. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So um, long story short, the RSVP site, 48 hours before, you know how I was telling you about 40 people I was telling them we were expecting? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, At nine. I had 128 yeah. people RSVP. Yeah. Or no, no, 140 people RSVP. Right. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a different number than I told them. So luckily, <laughs> there's a one in front of that four. Luckily, our venue was really really able to roll the, with the punches on this one. Yeah, they, they were in front of that four. They were really accommodating. They stepped up their game. I gave them, like, six out of five stars on their review for the event. Um, the representative we spoke with, Travis, if you're out there, what's up? Um, he was able to get us a bigger room. He was able to get me more staff because... With the way this company worked is they charged you the venue fee, and then they charged you $50 per server they had to dedicate to your party. And so I said, this is all coming out of my pocket because I was the the guy trying to start the fire for Atlanta, and so I had to use my own resources to start this fire, which will eventually hopefully start the circle of life with sponsors, sponsors pay us, us feeds venues, etc., etc. And so... Luckily, everything went without a hitch. We got the feedback forms. I'm not being uh, casted off Twitch Island, so... Not yet. And I haven't been fired yet, so... Congratulations. Dude, I think you're doing a fantastic job. I don't think when Alex said, you know, who was going to be heading that and, uh, you know, who you know he was helping and collaborating with and growing that community down in Atlanta... I honestly couldn't think of a nicer person and just somebody who believes in it so much and has so much heart in it that you're perfect for the position. I mean, you have a huge heart. You love every community that you're involved with, especially the streaming and the Twitch community. And having you in that role, it's just going to be nothing but positivity and growing. I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Our next meetup. Um, I uh, we got a soft date down and some uh, one of my mods no my mod team is honestly the, the the heavy lifters I'm just the public figure one of my mob team said why don't we just gather at a park with all of our dogs and, and that's literally little what woodland creatures <laughs> and that's literally what we're doing for a follow up meetup not a big event yeah. but like a follow up a meetup where you know it's not powered by Twitch I'm not bringing raffle bags I'm not giving away cool swag. We're just meeting up, playing Pokemon Go, and watching dogs sniff each other's butts, basically. And so, as it should be. <laughs> Can I get some? Sweat? <laughs> yeah, I, as I, it I was be. telling Joe about those hella comfy uh, Twitch shirts we got that Twitch sent. I have not had a chance to try mine oh, on, dude. but I've been seeing everybody really, who's won be, one. Because at first you're like, ah, yeah, well, it's nice, but then you put it on, you're like, oh wow, the, uh, yeah, I. Uh, Bury me in this. This is comfy. <laughs> <laughs> Bury me. Uh, but, but yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm 
like you've done an incredible job and I think uh, definitely exceeded expectations for the broadcasting community Thank in you. Atlanta. Um, yeah, we ain't no Birmingham, we ain't no Augusta, we're Atlanta, boy. <laughs> Um, but moving on, uh, a little uh, show summary this week. Uh, for a mental health topic, we're going to be talking about um, antidepressants and you, which is a suggestion from um, our guest, Dr. Crazy. Uh, and uh, Dr. Goku is also going to have an awesome character analysis on uh, Aang from The Last Airbender. Um, but, but what have we all been playing? Uh, Dr. Crazy, what have you been playing lately? Do y'all really want to know? I already know what, what the answer is, but yeah. I've actually been playing Barbie. Uh, I've been playing lots of Sea of Thieves. Um, I don't know what happened, but the beginning of this year there was a small revitalization with Sea of Thieves. Some bigger streamers were playing it. There was Mm -hmm. a big game update to it. What wasn't there? It's coming up, and that's one of my eagerly anticipated things coming up later this month. And people who are in the NDA Insider program are telling me some pretty sweet things, but I told them no more spoilers. No more spoilers. But Awesome. I'm very excited for April 30th. <laughs> yeah, but they did some uh, some quality of life updates prior to this big one that started bringing people back into the game. Uh, I can't think of what it is. I'm not into CSU. So the quality of life, it was pretty much a grind fest with no real backbone or story to Mm -hmm. it. So it was pretty much a socially driven game. If me, Sentinel Dad, and Belle were to go out and see, there's no story to, you know, be the best pirates in the world. We would just basically have our own adventure on the open seas. The quality of life updates, it helped introduce more items you can collect to help increase your faction experience to get to the pirate legend status in the game. Hmm. Well, right there was enough of a catalyst to get people... That feels like similar to what uh, No Man's Sky um, went through last mm. year, where, where, they, yes. where, where they actually yeah. delivered the thing that they said that they were going to do from day one, where you could do co-op. Um, <laughs> multiplayer! But, um, yeah, it sounds very uh, similar to that. Uh, Belle, mm-hmm. what what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Well, I haven't actually been playing a whole lot because I've been busy getting a job to help with creating a game. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I think I'm I saw this tweet. This. Yeah, so I am officially um, a community manager in the game industry, and I'm going to like flex hard right now because I feel really proud. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your camera on um, and flex it. No, I'm just kidding. Sure. Go for it. Um, anyway, so it's uh, it's a game that's not out yet. It's still being made, but it's called To the Rescue, and it's a dog shelter simulator game um, made by a very small indie company on, called Little Rock Games, and um, it's super cute. The art is really really adorable, but it's also like you have to make hard decisions and stuff. Like it actually does deal with like. Um, euthanization and stuff like that. Um, it's a lot about the reality of shelters. Um, wow. And one of the coolest parts, the thing that like majorly sold me on wanting to work with them is that they're doing that 20% of their profits after the game launches and stuff will be donated to help real world shelters. And I was like, dude, that's cool. Like that's, <laughs> that's really that's cool. Awesome. So, uh, that's, that's where I've been, uh, busy with right now. And it's been, it's been, Interesting and fun so far. 
to the, the rescue the with an explanation. Sounds almost like <laughs> um, similar to Papers, Please. Maybe. Is there? Is there gonna be <laughs> no, sniffing? No, no, not like Papers, Please. No, is, I don't. What is? I don't know what this is. Think of a um, the person who checks passports at the TSA, and um, that's the game. Hmm. Oh. oh. No, not quite. You open a passport, you see if they meet bad things. If they meet bad things, you tell them to go get lost. If they meet good things, you stamp it and you send them on their way. Is there going to be... <laughs> it's a little yeah. more complex it... than that. <laughs> Papers, please? No, that's exactly from... No, I'm seen. saying, like, to the rescue is. So, like, oh, basically, oh. it's like there's there's all these different dogs. There's all different types of dogs that come in, and they each have, like, a different story, different okay. background, what they're, like health concerns are and stuff like that and they kind of have like sort of a rating based on that and then you have to take care of them so there's things like if a disease pops up that could be spread you have to stop it before it gets to the other dogs or it can become this epidemic in your facility um and then like you show people around and sometimes they're interested in the dogs and sometimes they're uh not and that's kind of sad and sometimes you have to make difficult choices about doggies um and there are shibas in it already oh really that's like the um, one that's used to advertise it a lot if you look at the <laughs> um other than the whole euthanizing part like honestly i know a streamer who's really into his shiba and uh you may want to you know as a community manager you probably yeah. have better influence than that and if you want to if you want to yeah connect i don't <laughs> i don't know if, I, I don't know what i'm allowed to do here or not so oh no just yeah I, let I, me I know just, after <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> um, but no, it, and it's like I—I I mean, part of what they brought me on for too is to to be able to talk with the the community about like you know obviously things like euthanization are it's it's a touchy subject you know it is. Um, and it's it's something that that it's it's partially my job on how to kind of discuss that with people to kind of be like hey the reason we're choosing to include this is because it is it is a reality of of shelter life for a lot of animals and it's not it's not romanticizing it at all and it's. Um, you know, it's it's more of those worst case scenario kind of things, and it does happen. Um, and uh, so, I think it's important to have it in there. It is just, it is, you know, it's something to be aware of. Like, you know, it's not that it's not kid friendly, but it is. You know, if you're a parent and you want your kid to play it, you probably use it as a educational moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be involved, yeah. you know. But that's with any game. You probably should be involved if they're fairly young, anyway. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the game. You guys should all go wishlist it and stuff because it helps me look like I'm doing my job better too. <laughs> when do I get my free sample to play on stream? After we have our Kickstarter and I know what the heck our plan exactly is for content creators, but I'll, I'll try okay. to hook you up. There you go. <laughs> no, actually, I think we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> no, real quick. Are, are you going to be traveling to conventions um, and whatnot? To I don't help know because so right this out because this looks like a really good game for uh, yeah for indie studios. So they have they have had it at a couple of conventions prior to me coming on. Um, the thing is, our big our big focus right now is our Kickstarter is going to be this fall, and a lot of like my continuation with them is kind of going to be based off of how well that goes because <laughs> um, you know like paying me costs money and you know money isn't Money's free <laughs> um so we're it, a lot of it's going to be based on that i would assume maybe after the kickstarter if that all goes well and everything and they definitely keep me on to continue mm -hmm. into the launch and after um i could definitely see that being something that i'd be more involved in but currently uh it's mainly the two main 
um, developers that have been representing it at stuff because they're kind of the ones that know the most right now because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of it's one of those it's a I, w- I want to call it a side project but they are students as well right now so until school is finished up for them for this season it's kind of a when we have time and then it's going to be a hardcore crunch leading into the kickstarter so but i'm super impressed by how much they've gotten done with very cool their busy schedules too so anyway you guys should check it out and uh i'll bring you more updates and stuff happens yeah i put it in the chat if anybody wants to check it out and i'll pin it or uh, we'll pin it in the uh, show notes for when it goes up on itunes absolutely uh dave what you been playing uh a lot of division two uh, still loving that game. Uh, yeah, when, <clears throat> being, uh, what level? What level? Uh, we're tier f- four, <laughs> four forty something. Is it four forty something? Damn, or two two forty something. Four forty. This isn't uh, whatever it is. Forty something. Two forty. <laughs> I haven't uh, even reached past level his, sixteen. That, that, <laughs> I think it only goes up. That's to his gear score. Yeah, gear score. Like the light level. That's what I call the light level in Division Ow. Two. So, yeah, once you get to uh, level 30, you start oh, building up gear score, which is kind of like building up your light level, with, depending on the weapon and stuff like that. So I'm pretty far ahead. I play with a group of guys that they just power level me through to the end, and they just drag me yeah, everywhere oh I go. They, <clears> yeah, <throat> I'm in that same group, and they... Like they're I, hardcore. It's the only game they play. I can't keep up. I, I mean, these guys <laughs> actually believe they're agents. And they make you feel like you're an agent too, so it's kind of cool. Have, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the the crimson oh, agent. Cool, uh, I joined the the clan yeah, the yeah. other day. So. Jump in, man. They're fun. Yeah, I, I'm in the clan. Yeah. Just I haven't been playing much. Have you guys done any strongholds? Yeah. Uh, yet? Well, I mean, the the last mission. That's tomorrow. Is the third stronghold, and then there's the there's a there's the tier five stronghold coming out tomorrow. tomorrow. And I think the isn't the raid yeah. coming out this weekend too. Or next week? I believe so. I'm not sure. I haven't been... I think that's next week, because yeah. I think this week is the one stronghold and then, uh, in tier, the world. Yeah, tier, so tier five. like a week to like level up, or light level. <laughs> and yeah, I, I also, I'm kind of... I'm a ways away for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely taking my time with it. I did some Iron Banner, which I haven't done in a long time, and I actually had a lot of fun. Uh, oh. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Kind of almost feel like playing... <laughs> Destiny, like a little bit like uh, PvP, especially now that everybody's talking about getting rid of PvP. So yeah, that, that's been that. a big talking point online lately. It's, like, it's never gonna happen. Now that now that it, it might go shit. away, I'm like, I want to play some PvP. Well, they Bungie Bungie directly confirmed that that's not so, no. the case. It's a big they, part they t- of the game. They've tweeted about it and on Reddit, I think, and just it's they they basically said it's. It's not going anywhere. It's just going somewhere better. As in, like, what exists? They're not. They're wanting to make what currently exists much better. Not get rid of it and not completely change what we know as PvP. Yeah. But yeah. And also, <laughs> I started playing Left Behind, the uh, the Last of Us DLC. Because oh, to nice. this point, I've never done it before. And How is it? Like, oh, it? It's oh, real I'm, good. Yeah. I'm, that's really weird. I've never played that game either. It's, it's, you kind of need a an adapter for your Xbox, Xbox to play that game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's called a PS4 adapter. You just buy the $300 yep. thing and it just yep. plays the game as good as new. Hey, if you want to trade your Xbox for a week, that'll be cool. 
I'll I'm, do some Gears no, of War. I got CFDs <laughs> to play. <laughs> I gotta be a pirate. I miss those days when I was young. I used to like trade with my friends. Like, here's your Nintendo. Here's, let me use your Genesis. Does that mean the the, uh, Genesis Classic is coming out in September? Why are you swapping Genesis? Yeah, Yeah. I know the Genesis Classic coming out in September. That's right. Oh yeah, my inner child is screaming. They only announced like ten of the games. Inner child. Okay, uh, me. I I was going to say. There you go. (laughs) But yeah, that that's it. Awesome. Um, Me as the man child. Hell yeah. Joe, what you been playing? Uh, a lot of Division 2 on PC. Uh, I'm at, I think, uh, about to crest level 20 on my character, but I've been jumping into a few different things. Uh, one of them, I, I, last night I started getting back into Bioshock because it's uh, free oh, nice. on Nitro on PC, remastered. And then uh, also... Uh, I don't know. I could jump playing other games. That. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. Look, look what we started. Swivel chairs. There's a. Uh, I've been playing this game offline, and it's called. Uh, I Broken heard about Age, that. And it's wicked cool. Uh, it, it's from a studio, Double Finds, and we have codes for it. So if Double you guys fun. want to. Uh, Psychonauts? Jump, yeah. They did. Uh, Psychonauts, Psychonauts 2, Broken Age, and also Rad. So I met their community manager, and uh, he actually uh, gave me a bunch of codes and everything. Next week, when he gets back from another convention, he's given uh, us some more codes that will be uh, spraying around the community. Hey, I know know a streamer who would love those codes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just understood what you were talking about before when you talked about a streamer you know that would want to play the game. That I... <laughs> it just, yeah, it just clicked. clicked. That's, that's typical bell timing. It's on par. <laughs> anyway, I was just looking at the art for the for Broken cool. Age. It looks really cool. Oh, yeah, he gave me uh, this. Uh, this is a collector's box, and it's got art cards in it from it. And uh, the bad thing is, I can't use the discs. There's all sorts of like Blu-ray behind the scenes of the making of it and commentary and everything. There's like five discs. This PC <laughs> doesn't have a disc drive. Oh. So I I sent him an email last night and said, "Dude, I went to load it and I don't have a disc drive." Well, I just yeah. realized that. And so he sent me a Steam code. It's not available yet, or it's not available yet on Discord. Uh, Nitro, but it's coming. But uh, he gave me a Steam code to download it last <laughs> night and get into it. But at the at PAX, oh, nice. he gave me a oh, concept wow. art piece from Psychonauts that I'm. Uh, I have a frame. I just have to get a mat for it. But I just wanted to show that uh, he gave that to me out at PAX. And uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait to get into it and to get into Psychonauts wow. too. I everything that studio makes in Broken Age is a really cool game where it's just uh, dealing with like real life situations between two kind of parallel it looks uh, beautiful like I'm sitting here just like I'm on their website looking through the screenshot I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it's real nice awesome but yeah that's Uh, what I do I haven't been playing much lately work's been pretty pretty busy Um, I've been playing some Division 
two uh, when I have the chance. Uh, I think I'm up to like 16 or 17, so kind of really low level. Nice. But uh, lately, uh, since um, Endgame is coming out soon, so I finally got my tickets for that when all of the websites were crashing, I decided to go on a revisiting of the MCU. So I'm rewatching all of the MCU movies and one-shots in order. Smart. So that's going to take me the better part of the month. (laughs) Oh, nice. Awesome. Don't you have to start off with Project Marvel? Or, I'm sorry, not Project Marvel. uh, Uh, Captain Marvel? No, Captain Marvel is after Captain America. So it's Captain America, and then Captain Marvel, and then Iron Man So are you going chronologically? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be displaced the screen. um, I've been doing a little bit of Division 2, not as much. Um, I've been playing uh, Borderlands 2 on PC um, since uh, Borderlands 3 got announced. Yeah, I've never played Borderlands 2. I kind of dipped my toe into Borderlands 1, and I really want to play Borderlands 2. Yeah, Borderlands 2 is really good. I know you did, but you need to pick it up again. Um, few of us in the discord we can team up yeah because they have the um, um the was it the handsome jack collection yeah so i'm kind of yeah on the fence about buying that I just mean, to play borderlands 2 i mean if you really want to get like the full borderlands experience or whatever get the first one but like honestly the second one is the best one the pre-sequel is fun too but like Borderlands 2 is definitely on par. You know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's really good. <clears throat> it's fun, though. I'm at, I I got choked at one point, and I was like, this is not fun anymore. Your fun game. <laughs> I think that's fun. what happened to me, too. I was like, ah, oh, there's no way I can level up for this. Brother. We're brothers. <laughs> We're brothers. <There> you go. <clears throat> um, but uh, why don't we move along to our mental health topic, uh, Dr. Goku? What's our mental health topic? Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about antidepressants. Um, it was a suggestion from Dr. Crazy. So we're going to be talking about antidepressants. So it's, I'm, I've kind of thought about how I would bring up this topic and how I would talk about it. So I'm going to do like a two part thing. So one's going to be the general psychoeducation that I tend to do with a lot of my clients going about on what is an antidepressant? What are the classes? What can you expect? What, ha- what happens and how they interact? And then kind of opening up into questions and personal experiences. So the psychoeducation of antidepressants. Uh, there are five main classes of what we call antidepressants. Uh, the main one most people know are called SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. There's also what's called SNRIs, which are the serotonin and neuro, neuropenephrine reuptake inhibitors. We have atypical antidepressants, tricyclic antidepressants, and then we have, um, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, which are also referred to uh, MAOIs. Uh, So there's a lot there. 
Yeah. So there, yeah, I'm already blown away. There's a lot of medications. Uh, the main ones most people know are, like I mentioned, the SSRIs, which are the Prozacs, the Zoloft, the Celexas. Um, there's also the uh, SNRIs, which are the Effexors, Cymbalta, Pristique, and multiple others. Uh, when you go into TCAs, there are different class of antidepressants. There were, uh, the kind of the first generations that came up back in the 1950s that we don't really use. MAOIs, uh, are, functioned very much differently than others that were uh, discovered in the 50s as well. When we talk about SSRIs and SNRIs, they're newer medications that typically work much better. And the atypicals, um, we have something like Wellbutrin um, and uh, Remarin. Those are kind of the main ones that people know. You've probably seen a lot of the, the commercials. I know uh, the U.S. has a lot of commercials for uh, medications. It's not something that we really have in Canada, <laughs> but I know the U.S. has a lot of commercials for, for medications. They're quite <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you should listen to the side effects on some of these Oh, the side effects can be something. A lot of people are afraid of taking antidepressants due to the side effects. That's kind of the the main uh, main fear for a lot of people. Uh, what's typically going to happen is the way antidepressants work, they take a lot longer to act compared to other types of medications. Uh, people are used to yeah, taking uh, medications like Tylenol or Advil that work within 30 minutes or an hour, where a antidepressant medication is typically going to work within four to eight weeks. So it takes a long time before you actually start seeing positive effects from it. Problem is you start seeing um, side effects within week one or two. And a lot of people get, um, get scared off or they uh, just don't want to deal with the side effects. So they stop after a week or two. So the possible side effects uh, can vary from medication to medication and from person to person. Uh, most people will have either like dry mouth, uh, they have weight gain issues, uh, sexual side effects, um, and kind of a list of others. Uh, for some people, they actually have an increase in depressive symptoms, but those tend to taper off. Uh, and most side effects tend to taper off after a while. Uh, we typically start people on a lower dose and increase in dosages as time goes on to find the right dose. So we want to have you on the maximum milligram dose that you can take without having any negative side effects. And it's not uncommon to modify the dose multiple times within a year or change the type of medication uh, altogether uh, when we try to find which one works the best. And this is where I'll I'll go into the kind of more boring part 
of my spiel, which is kind of the psychoeducation, just because um, people don't really understand how uh, um, antidepressants work. So I'm just going to share my screen here. Let's see if this will work. So this is a neuron. Tadpole. Oh, or that. So the neuron uh, has the dendrites, the nucleus, and then this goes, this is the axon where it transmits the signal. So signal comes from here, goes through here, and out of the synapses. These are the ends of the synapse and lead to this in between both neurons. So neuron A and neuron B. Neurons function by sending an electrical charge to these little um, vesicles here, which uh, release what are called neurotransmitters, which are chemical agents that get passed between this gap here between the neurons. So it's called a synaptic gap. The neurotransmitters go from neuron A into the synaptic gap, get taken up by neuron B, and then the cycle continues. It gets transferred to an electrical signal, passes through the neuron, and out the other. And this goes by really, really fast. When we deal with uh, antidepressant medications... So typically, like I mentioned, is the SSRI, so selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter. And what the uh, medication will do, it will not be adding anything to you. What it will do is close off some of these reuptake centers. So neuron A releases the serotonin into the synaptic gap, what is not picked up by neuron B gets recycled back into the neuron. So you can kind of see how the diagram goes. It gets recycled here. When someone suffers from depression, it's theorized that neuron B has a hard time grabbing as much serotonin as it would need. So there's a serotonin deficiency, not in terms of the production, but in terms of the capture here. So the medication is going to close off, let's say there's five ports, it'll close off three, leave two open, which will leave more of the serotonin within the gap for a longer period of time, giving neuron B a longer time to grab that neurotransmitter. Similar effects with the SNRIs, it's serotonin and neuropinephrine. So we know that serotonin plays its part on mood, so does neuropinephrine, and also dopamine. And that's generally how uh, antidepressants medications are going to work. Well, my mind just exploded probably after antidepressants <laughs> are, so... <clears throat> so, I want to be the idiot here. So, the serotonin, um, you said that it blocks off the ports submitting the serotonin to the, the it, receiving It blocks end. off the the, so, uh, the recycling ports. 
Oh, the recycling so it, port. Okay. Release, block off the recycling ones, and leave the serotonin more into the gap. Mm-hmm. So neuron B can has okay. a, a longer chance of grabbing the serotonin, which generally increases so ser- the serotonin. Okay. Okay. Now, for everybody that's listening, uh, can you just explain just briefly what you just uh, displayed? So we have kind of a, so what uh, was, a verbal translation. Like you're explaining it. it to a fifth. So what it was showing is kind of a, a diagram of a, a neuron. So on the ends of neurons, there are two ends and a gap between the two. So almost like putting your two fingers uh, close to one another, leaving a gap. When neuron A releases the neurotransmitter, it'll f- float in between the two f- your two fingers, and finger B is going to grab what's there, mm-hmm. and what's not used, finger A is going to grab it back. The antidepressant mm-hmm. medication is going to close off or stop finger A from grabbing the, the neurotransmitter too soon or too quickly, which generally gives you more time to increase positive mood and help you feel better. But antidepressant medications are not a end-all, be-all fix. They won't make you happy. Just make your moods a little bit easier. I see there. Ha- there's a hand up. You have a question? <laughs> can you build, like some medications, can you build a... Um... Not an immunity, but I'm, the, the tolerance? I'm thinking right now. Can you build like a resistance, a tolerance? Yeah, it's it's normal that you like can that. build a slight tolerance to it, and but typically it's trying to find the dose that you need to have the maximum effects. Ah, okay. So it's a guessing game for doctors. Exactly because it it's not. There's no exact science within. Uh, depression or anxiety we're still trying to figure it all out we know the medication works we just don't know why and how well it works and what doses we need and how we can really diagnose which medication for which which person so in the first points it's very much a guessing game in terms of which ones you take and a lot of people get discouraged by that because it's kind of a hit or miss. And some people have bad reactions to certain medications, like any other medication. Yeah, I was reminded when I was younger, when I think it was Wellbutrin Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier. I believe when I was younger, I said something stupid, and immediately was taken to a psychologist, and they got me on Wellbutrin, but when you're young, you're stupid, you don't notice the, the changes that are happening inside your body 25 times out of 25, and I just wrote it off as it wasn't working, but now that, you know, I'm a bigger man-child, um, I'm noticing that my last um, prescription, I noticed that the, um, the results were a little bit more night and day than it was back when I was younger. I don't know why I thought mm-hmm. I had to say that, but yeah, you're more aware of it. You're more aware of what's going on internally than you were back then, where it was like 
I'm hungry. Can I have a grilled oh, cheese? Oh, no, I want a grilled cheese. What's on TV? Baywatch. Baywatch, oh, Baywatch babes. Anyway, but okay, so, yeah, because that's the one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, because I just recently had a prescription expire. Well, not expired. Like, I didn't use it, but, like, I ran out of my prescription, and I was like, you know, this would be something, you know, a good topic to bring up, because some people are, again, terrified of those that horrible list of, like, umpteen symptoms mm-hmm. or side effects. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of them commercials say it may increase yep. suicidal thoughts. Are, are it it does, that? but they have to say it. And the way that it works for those type of warnings, when they study the possible side effects, if there is mm-hmm. one person that gets the side effect... Out of the thousands that get tested, they need to put that may. So that's why they have that laundry list of side effects. Okay. So that can definitely lessen some people's fears on, you know, when they give you that laundry list of side effects that, you know, it may have been that one freak instance that could have been from a bad case of asparagus or something uh, like that. We see those uh, those uh, safeguards bad. on, well, don't put your child within the Tupperware bin. And they have to put that in just because one person did that. <laughs> or don't take a bath with your toaster plugged in. Yeah, they do that with hair dryers now. Yeah. Thanks that one person who tested that. The reason all these safety <laughs> warnings are on everything, they look just <laughs> like common sense why there wouldn't be one. It's because somebody yeah. did it. But it, it's so. important to know that some people oh. may have an increase in suicidal ideations on the medication. And that's why it's so important to be followed up with your family physician and a therapist. Medication in itself can play a role. It can help. But mm-hmm. coupled with therapy is the best outcomes for uh, increased positive moods. And you typically see your therapist much more often than you do um your family physician. So the therapist can kind of check on the side effects and check on how you're doing. That's probably the one thing I kind of oopsied on is I just did the medication without the Mm -hmm. the therapist. And if I ever do try the medication again, um, I've had friends with other mental health situations tell me that it's highly Mm -hmm. encouraged. I go visit a therapist whilst Mm -hmm. on the medication. The medication won't change your thoughts. It'll help make things a little bit easier, but it won't change the root cause of everything. Any therapy is better than no therapy, but I really recommend seeking uh, a qualified therapist. Uh, A lot of people tend to go for and it varies on depending on where you live and the availabilities of therapists in your region. Um, a lot of people will go with life coaches just because they're a lot cheaper than licensed therapists or, or counselors. And I'm not saying anything bad against a counselor or a life coach. They have their roles. They just don't have the same skill set 
as other types of therapists. That's good to know. That's yeah, good and to it's know. like I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I I would say definitely the the majority of the population, if you ask them what the difference between per se a psychiatrist and a psychologist was, most people think that they, that that's the same thing. Yeah. It's not a psychologist is a PhD and a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, but, but I mean, you know. I, Dr. Goku has said it more than once. Uh, you know, I think we, we spent an episode or in like one of the first episodes to like really talking about the different uh, levels of uh, mental health providers. You yeah. Know, we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, if, if you can get a good psychologist or a clinical social worker, um, you know, th- those are more often than not your, 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 more educated routes. What I would recommend is find a therapist that is under a regulatory body. Uh, life coaches do not need to be regulated. They can kind of do whatever they want and no one kind of governs what they do. While all psychologists, all LMF uh, licensed marriage and family therapists, all psychiatrists, and the list goes on, have to fall under a regulatory body, and we need to meet certain certain milestones and expectations. So at least you know you're getting this level of, this bar of service for that particular person. Right. And, and if you do take the route where you want to take an antidepressant or something in conjunction with your therapy, you know, that of course has to be done by someone with a medical uh, background, such as a psychiatrist or a neurologist or something like that. Um, You know, you do, do your research on them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, you know, here in the United States, I also believe in Canada, um, but like usually like this is what I do for a career. <laughs> Their records and like what they do and what they don't do are typically publicly available online. They, they definitely are in the United States. Um, you know, so you can kind of see, um, you know, if they've gotten in trouble before, if they've been uh, a, a respondent in a malpractice suit, if they've been, disciplined by the state medical board or, you know, the U S attorney's office, state's attorney general, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you do your research on who you're going to, um, you know, uh, healthcare fraud is definitely a big, a more, um, evolving issue in the world of medicine. So, uh, definitely do your research and make, make sure you're finding the right provider. And like, if you have, um, if you, if you have, um, health insurance through your employer, um, a lot of employers provide something, uh, called an EAP an employee assistance program. And a lot of those, like, especially if you, if like the financial part of seeing, um, whether it's a psychiatrist or seeing uh, a therapist, a psychologist, a social worker, um, the, a lot of these um, employee assistance programs cover things. Um, like they'll cover you. I know my my last employer had one, and it was like they covered the first three three or five visits 
for a mental health provider, as long as they take your brand of insurance. Um, you know, so you can kind of, uh, you, you can talk to your HR rep if you don't know if you have an EAP or not. Just talk to them. Say, hey, you know, do we have an EAP? You don't have to break it down. They'll know exactly what you're talking about. And um, they'll give you the number for them. You call them and say, hey, I would really, you know, I work for this company. I have this insurance and I would like to use my EAP. And they'll help you find a uh, clinical mental health provider in your area. Nice. I'll probably definitely be looking into that. Um, I just met our HR guy like two weeks ago, so I'll probably be giving him one of those telephono calls. So. Awesome. Um, hey, be, uh, Dr. Yuki, before we what, go. What was one of the other? Oh. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I was going to see if Dr. Goku can talk a little bit about uh, addiction and <clears throat> antidepressants. Uh me personally, one of the reasons I've always kind of like veered away from from taking any kind of medication is because I'm afraid that my personality will like get me addicted to them. Um, I've been like that with like everything that I start, you know, like cigarettes and other stuff, you know, growing up and everything. I, I go head on into these things and it's hard to quit afterwards. So I've always been very wary of what's going to happen to me if I take some medicine that is actually going to make everything better for me? Like how, how am I going to ever stop that? You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, well, you can't really get addicted to uh, antidepressants per se. Uh, this is not necessarily my area of expertise. Um, we, we could ask a psychiatrist that would know more on, on the topic than I do. But you typically don't really get addicted to antidepressants because it's not necessarily adding a substance. Uh, people that get a, it, it can be habitual. They can use the antidepressant or abuse the antidepressant in terms of trying to help their mood. But it's not the same way as someone that's addicted to, let's say, an opioid, or when someone. Uh, is addicted to an opiate, their body stops secreting certain hormones because the opioid's replacing it. And that's where that chemical dependency comes from. With the antidepressants, there is a withdrawal that can happen from it if you can, if you stop it immediately, like off the cuff and you don't supplement it. You can go through withdrawal symptoms, but it's not the same type that you would go, let's say, off opioids. It's very different. Uh, there can be an increase in suicidal ideations or a uh, big increase in depressive symptoms. So typically want to, someone to wean off the medication for a certain, a certain number of months uh, prior to stopping just to avoid those type of medication, uh, 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 withdrawal symptoms. Um, that's also a question a lot of people have of, will it kind of change my personality or make me a zombie? It yes, won't. If you're follow followed properly and you're dosed properly, you won't become a zombie. What it'll do, it will flatten out the uh, lows and highs in terms of your moods. So rather than going all the way up here and going all the way down here, 
it'll kind of flatten it out where it's kind of more normalized. Because, see, that's always been my fear about going in is about, so, like, you know, we talked about that I deal with derealization. Mm-hmm. So I already do that whole floaty zombie-ish mm-hmm. thing way too often <laughs> on my own. Um, and back in middle school, I had my best friend, her, um, her mom uh, took her mm-hmm. own life. And immediately my friend was put on antidepressants and a couple other things. And she never felt like she was able to process what happened. Like she was in therapy and stuff, but I don't know if it's just that she was dose strong or there's just the, they didn't follow up well or what exactly happened. But I think that uh, what happened with her not being able to process that and feeling just so numb about stuff um, always scared me. Like, even though, even though, like, I've talked to her since then and I've talked to lots of people who have had good success stories, especially after they get through the, the big bumps of figuring out exactly what is best for you as an mm-hmm. individual. Um, I still think that I let that. Like, you know, that experience that my, my best friend had with medication. That was, like, my first experience with anybody being on medication for depression. And I was just, I don't know. It's always stuck with me and always scared of that. And, like, just I I fully understand that there's huge benefits to lots of people for it. Um, and, honestly, realistically, I, I know <laughs> that it probably would help me, too. Like, I'm very aware of that. But there's still that concept of, like, putting putting something in my body that even if it's meant to balance me is messing with that, those mm-hmm. levels is, I mean, if I'm on it, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. a scary thought to like add more that might throw okay. me off. But one <laughs> thing I, I say well, to a lot of my clients that have that fear is to remember that it is not adding anything. Right. Your brain still produces the same amount of serotonin as it would. It's just kind of giving it a a little boost in terms of serotonin transmission. Well, it's also like the the effects of of, uh, most of these types of uh, medications. You're not going to see them overnight. No, it it takes four to eight weeks. You will not. Yeah, most of what I was about to say is it takes like a month or two months to really feel those effects where you start to get a baseline of how your body is going to react to the medication. And that's, I think that's part of the, I think you guys were kind of touching on it before. I think that's part of the frustration that a lot of people have is like, I know a lot of people who have started and then they get like the first medication they're put on or the first dosage they're put on isn't working well for them. And because it takes time to really feel out where you're at. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a long process, and for a lot of people, it's it's very... That deters them, right? Like, they... I, I don't want to use give up, because that sounds super negative, and I fully understand but, feeling But it's very that true. Way, but a like, lot of people give up on the medication when those side effects come in. Yeah. And it's something that I say, you kind of have to people. power through that first week or two. And then you can start seeing some of the positive effects of the medication can have. Right. 
I'm a very impatient mm-hmm. person, and my brain goes bad places. So <laughs> it'll be an interesting journey when it happens. I, I'm with you on that one. I <laughs> I do remember vividly the first two weeks. I was like, guys, this I don't think this is working. I don't know what's going on. And everyone, very supportive friends that were supporting me, were like, just just wait it out, buddy. Keep on taking your dosages as the doctor has prescribed, and you'll start slowly seeing the transition because this is not a quick thing. Eight weeks no, is not it's quick. it's quite long. And it's not your, you know, <laughs> it's not your fast-release Tylenol that makes you feel all good and it's ready to Tylenol get back three. to work and with those back and ache pains. It's not. <laughs> it's not. But um, when the the pill started doing its thing, the best analogy I can give, and this is what I was mentioning before we like started, was to anybody who's seen the movie Venom, re- the the recent iteration of Venom, there was a scene, spoiler alert, there was a scene where the symbiote was separated from Eddie Brock, and the symbiote was through a transparent glass, and it was trying to, like, claw and get back to Eddie. That is, in my weird imagination, the best way I can analogize the darkness the depression the negative thoughts it is still there it is still as as clear as night and day on the other side of the glass but it's not on your shoulders it's not weighing you down it's not bringing you to places you don't want to go and nor is it getting smaller or bigger because that's where the therapy goku was talking about coming in that was the part i didn't do Mm -hmm. the therapy makes you look at that darkness address it and shrink it and I'm doing weird visual things because I'm one of those hands guys. But, <laughs> but, but when Eddie Brock was separated from that symbiote, like honestly, like the week that thing was slowly transitioning and doing the thing, I was like, okay. And some people's bodies are different. Some people can get it within, like I would say, Goku. Hopefully, you can make me not feel as insane, but. I was feeling after like week three or week That's four. That's where you start seeing. Is it possible d- different anatomy yeah. can. Uh, depending uh, on okay. metabolism, on multiple factors. Around week three or four, that's when you start <laughs> seeing effects. Metabolism. Wish I had that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I appreciate wish that. I, had this thing. I, wish you ha- I wish I had this thing called metabolism, <laughs> trust me. But no. Awesome. Um. Dr. Goku, did you have anything else for our uh, mental health topic, or does that kind of wrap you up? No, I, I think I've rambled on in the science speak a little bit too much. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. It's fantastic. No, that I mean, was all yeah, great. Love, like when um, I get all sciencey. So many, so many doctors here today. <laughs> when 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 uh, Doctor Crazy like messaged me in Discord because I asked him, you know, if he had a preferred mental health topic, and he brought this up, and I thought it was. Uh, it was a nice change of pace for us. Um, I'm kind of going. I thought you were just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. No. Um, it, it is no, a good topic. Really topic. It's something it's that a lot of people about, actually me. deal with. A lot of people are on antidepressants. Right. More than you hey, would uh, believe. Plus, I mean, mm-hmm. plus you got to think like 20 years ago, like there used to be such a stigma, like a hard, like as much as there's a stigma on talking about mental health. Think about like 20 years ago, like the late 90s, early 2000s. If you told someone you were on Valium or any type of anti, 
depressant or antipsychotic or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, there was such a stigma with it. Hell, that, that's what The Sopranos mm-hmm. was wholly based off of. It was like a, a mobster on Prozac. You know, um, but you know, it's it's awesome to see the uh, change of times and see it become a more uh, commonly spoken thing that people do to assist in their uh, in taking care of their mental health. Um, but great topic, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Crazy. Yeah, it was a really good topic. Great, we. We love the the sciencey talk. <laughs> oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna kill me with editing. Um, <laughs> Give me a chance to bring out the visual aids. Yeah, no, I am. I'm too. making notes. Sorry for um, the uh, audio yeah. listeners. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, let's. I like the fingertip topic. That was a good one. Good. I was actually doing my little fingertips right there alongside <laughs> you, Goku. I was like, oh. Uh, but let's move on to some some gaming news. Um, I like games. I know you do. Um, uh, I know Goku played it, and I also played it, but uh, Battlefield V's uh, Firestorm finally came mm-hmm. out there, little Battle Royale mode. I don't really look at it as a Battle Royale. Um, it needs some work. <laughs> well, see... It's very pretty. No, it's... it's. I think, I think it's pretty decent for what it is. I think it is a... It's a decent Battle Royale. But it's def- it's it's for battlefield players. Yes, yeah. it's like, no you Apex. Play battlefield, you're not gonna. No, it's not. A- well, the problem is everyone's gonna compare everything to Apex since how incredible Apex is. Yeah. Um. But no, I. I just want Giant Robots three. Yeah, I yeah, dude, dude that's all I want because Giant Robots two was amazing. Giant Robots. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Titanfall Giant by the way. Robots. Um. <laughs> but no. Um. Uh, Firestorm, like it is definitely it is very much for battlefield players. Like I think if you've never played a Battlefield game and you loaded that up as a Battle Royale if you bought the game for some weird reason, you wouldn't like it. But um, I, I love the, um, the actual Firestorm when you get into it. Uh, it's fun. But it, it definitely turned out better than I thought it was going to, Goku. Would you agree? Yeah. My main gripe with it is the looting system. Because I, I played Fortnite a little bit, and it has the similar type of looting Uh-oh. system that Fortnite has. But after playing Apex and having that death box, it's hard to go back from Apex's yeah. death box. I hear you. It, it makes the looting yeah. so much easier. I know right, the yeah, yeah. Battlefield's planning a fix on it, which is rather than having all the items kind of pile on one to another, they're going to be spread right. spread out more. Which is right. a band-aid, not really a fix, but it's a start. Right. Because you get killed while trying to loot easily. Right. And uh, Gearbox did come out and say that um, uh, they announced Borderlands 3, which we were all... Um, With a billion guns. Wait on. Do yeah, I mean, a lot of it's not like what's-his-name opening his mouth, but... Um, did you yes, see the, the guns with gun? legs. Um, I saw that, but no, I'm really, I'm really. I want to be that character. I want to be that character. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I mean, <laughs> I loved the first two and the pre sequel, and like I said earlier, I've been playing Borderlands two a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited. No, I'm for interested you. for for Borderlands three. You guys gonna pick it up? 
Why don't you say how many different ones are in Borderlands billion. 3 that they announced? Billion with a B. <laughs> with a B. One billion a guns. guns. Mm. That's Zoom incredible. In. I mean, yeah, that's how, insane. But the way they have it, like a procedurally generated if, if there, um, if there's a gun player, architecture, yeah. architecture that is amazing, and the art style is phenomenal. That's that's putting it lightly. If I, the only thing I can say is, if a player out there gathers and collects all one billion different guns. They should get like <laughs> stock. The one in billionth the and first gun named like after them. Now, ooh, there you go. I, I still have the legendary Steve. Guns to get it. It is like it is <laughs> like Steve. it is, it is like rolls. Steve. Like are they counting like Bill. okay the same gun with like a thousand rolls? Is that, is that yeah, how the they count it? Because yeah. I mean it. Would, yeah, like it'll take. But even one million. Yeah. One million's a lot. A billion's even more. <laughs> yeah, it's inc- that's a lot of millions. They pretty much generated, we'll say, eighty weapons total. Styles between battle rifles, auto rifles, everything like that, and then threw on scopes, lasers, uh, extended clips, muzzle. You know, just dressed it all out, and then all of those combinations multiplied right. by how many different guns there are is yeah. the one billion. So, but they did get pretty innovative <laughs> with a gun with legs that runs. What is it do? for sharks with laser know. beams does, on their head? Do this? It runs like it's got legs. So it, how was that? Pew, pew. Those who can't no, no, see no, 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 no. I want them to. to it's going to be like the end of The Sopranos. Just black screen, and they have to figure out what the hell we're doing with our hands. Moving on. Um, someone wrote something about, about an Anthem article? Yeah, uh, Jason Schreier just came I, out with an article, I think, a day or two ago uh, regarding Anthem and BioWare. Anyone see that uh, kind of popping up on the news cycles? I did not. I did not. Um, I, I feel no, like Dr. Crazy White. I'm, I'm to a point it, where I see I didn't it's read it. pretty messed up. I see up. Anthem and I just curl up. <laughs> I, I'm like, no. Is it? No Can you enlighten? So I'm all about those TLDR versions, so I clicked, like, insert favorite YouTuber here and there little snippet. Of, this is the Kotaku yep. articles we're talking about, right? So... I clicked, you know, YouTube personality, and I got 10 minutes into that, and then I realized it was time for podcasts. So I got, like, a little tip of the iceberg, and I think, yeah, it's kind of bonkers how it went down the way it did. Like, basically... Go ahead, Bell. Oh. I was going to say, one of the... Just as an example, like, two of the things that really stuck out to me were you've got, apparently, like, within days of them announcing the game at E3... The name of the game was changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it used to, it was originally supposed to be called Beyond, which fit their idea of the whole, like, going beyond the, the walls and, and the whole. Because it was supposed like, to be an exploring know, game, not a looter shooter. To infinity right, and beyond. Right. You know. And, um, and then a few days before, I guess they found out, like, supposedly that it was going to be, like, too difficult to, I think it was from 
from yep. EA. EA I'm corporate. assuming that it was going to be like too difficult to 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 lock down like the copyright and stuff on Beyond. So they switched it to Anthem, and apparently some, a bunch of the people that like had to do some of the talking points and stuff at E3 are like, how do I sell this Anthem thing? Because what the heck does it mean? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, and I remember when it first came out to everybody was like, what is Anthem? And then like they even talk about like the Anthem. Like, I haven't really played yeah. the game, but like they talk about even in some of the trailers, like the Anthem, and everybody's like, but what? What? I, I got like like flashbacks to the Traveler, but even yeah. less. Than and this is five years <laughs> into development. Can you, oh, wrong anthem. My bad. <laughs> and then yeah, that was five um, years into development. Yeah. Well, so that's that's the other big thing is wasn't it that Ooh. the the um like uh like pre production of the game was like years in the making, but then the actual Six. like production like full on production time was like eighteen yep. months. That's insane for a game that size. Like, that just, what? <laughs> and then they they talked to a bunch of people. Like, they interviewed people who have worked there, worked on the game. And they were talking about themselves and other people there having... It's it's semi... We've talked about this before. before. We talked about the whole, um, you know, during crunch time, people getting uh, worn out and uh, just stressed out, anxiety, depression during crunch time. And usually crunch time is... is you know, the weeks leading up to launch. But this was like an ongoing like problem. A year and like something. huge issues with depression and and people going on, you know, stress leaves, which we're not talking about like where they take a week off and they come back. We're talking about they go away for a month or two and sometimes don't come back at all because it was so messed people up. People finding them. an empty room to go That's, cry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I need those at my work. I mean, and he, so here's the thing, though. Is there's a, the, one thing I do want to mention, though, is not not trying to give them like <laughs> a whole lot of credit here, but it, I've seen a number of other people in the industry saying a lot of that's not super abnormal anymore. Though it's not just at that company, it's not just on that game. It is a growing problem. And when we like so on that same uh, episode, we talked about that. It is. It, I mean, we've seen this popping up how many times now. Um, it's just, I think part of it is because it was such a large scale game being crunched into sh- such a short period of time The pro- that we're, it, it, it comes across as that much worse. The problem I see too, with the you know? article is what happened after the internal memo from Bioware to the employees mm-hmm. saying, don't talk yeah. to the press. Yep. Yeah. And well, I'm literally saying that articles like was- this where it's like doesn't help anything and i'm like pretty sure it helped me make some decisions about how Mm -hmm. i feel about some things here and where my support goes yeah the 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 response from them to to um the publisher of this article was such like a non-response it was it's like if you've watched any um contemporary news show like it's complete spin (laughs) that guy was so funny (laughs) Well, and I feel really bad. So there are, there's like this, there's a guy I know on Twitter who like part of his job for the company is, is kind of like that HR work. It's the, it's the making sure people are okay. Right. And the thing is, it's not that those people necessarily weren't doing their jobs. Right. There's only so much an individual can do if the whole company is putting too much on the employees right like and i feel like a lot of them i've seen a lot of them getting a lot of flack for it as if they weren't doing their jobs and that kind of sucks because i'm sure at least some of them were very concerned about 
people that they're working with and, and want to, to help them. And, and they're probably the ones that push them to go take a break, <laughs> hopefully. Um, it's just, I, it's, it was hard to read, honestly, because it just, it made me feel so... And it's coming from someone that you know does his, his groundwork. Yes. Yeah. Anything yes. that Jason Schreier puts out is, oh, yeah. you know, he did some digging for that. Because yeah, when I first saw the thing floating around, I was like, "Oh, really? Is it going to be another one of these?" Like, you know, I I'm wary of how articles are written now. And then I saw that it was his name attached, and I went, "Oh, okay. Yep, I can yeah. read this one." <laughs> um, I also this is a, I don't think I I don't remember if I brought this up on the last show, but it was just it has to do with Anthem that they they took a, an old tweet of mine. Who did? <laughs> okay, so this. Is, Okay, so I played the beta. I played the alpha for Anthem. I do not own the game. Okay, I never actually got the game after that. Um, and now I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, but they. That's what demos are for. <laughs> they, well, here's the thing I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And I planned oh. to buy it. And then I didn't have the money to buy it. And then, like, two weeks later, everybody's kind of like, eh. And I was like, Yep, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, she had that same condition I have, the poverty thing. Exactly, yeah, I got that thing, that thing. Um, and Highly contagious. <laughs> and they, uh, so I had made a video back on the, the last day of the alpha, or the beta, they had done um, with the Ash Titans event. And I had done a video, and I just kind of popped it up on Twitter. I was like, oh, look, I just defeated my first Ash Titan, and it was kind of fun. And never got noticed amongst all the other stuff. A month and a half later, <laughs> the Anthem account retweeted my video about the Ash Titans. And then retweeted it again three days later. Which means, I just want to let you guys in on a secret here. When, when you retweet something and you don't make a comment with it, you can't retweet the same thing again without unretweeting and then clicking the retweet button again. So they actually go through the effort to do that two days. <laughs> and it got like almost 40,000 views, and all these people have been like, oh, what gear did you get? I bet it was just blues and blah, blah, And I'm over here like, <laughs> And people are like, it's not that hard to do. I'm like, this is from a month and a half ago. Are they really that desperate for content that they went that far back on the hashtags to find <laughs> a beta video from a person who doesn't play the game? And I was, I was nice. I didn't mention that I don't own the game. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to call you guys out. It just, after reading this article, I thought back to that again. I was like, oh, oh my. <laughs> like, there's a lot of extra going on here. And I wanted to share that the other week, but I wasn't on. So that was that was my fun. I, I was a celebrity for a little bit when I really didn't want to be. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I I still plan on getting the game just because all right. the effort that the designers and everybody put into it. It's a gorgeous Fro game. Frostbite oh, yeah. Engine does, makes really pretty games. Stunning. And I do want to explore it. Not good RPGs, though. When I was in the Alpha and Beta, my squad mates were just going ahead doing the mission. Mm -hmm. I was exploring everything. I was seeing the organic life forms just go through their paths and everything, seeing this and that. And, like, the world is alive. I was more into seeing everything and experiencing the environment. I mean, the structures yeah. that they 
created on top of mountains. Dude, well, I hung out with the Grabbits for at least an hour straight at one point. So <laughs> Right? So after they fix the game down the road, like most games, they're going to patch it. They're going to do this. I'm still going to pick it up. Maybe it'll be that's, five bucks. That's kind of my, it yeah. It's, I'll still pick it up. And I'm still when it drops down, even if I, because I'm not super into the whole collecting stuff. That's just not, it's the reason I don't play a lot of Destiny anymore either. It's just, that's not my type of game. And so when I found out that's basically what Anthem is, at least right now, I was like, you know, I'm going to wait when it drops down so that it's at a price that's more mm-hmm. what I feel comfortable for just exploring and not collecting anything. <laughs> that's when I'll do it. And like yeah, you said, it's, no, it's, I want to support them. It's the same with like, I know I never buy like in game stuff generally, especially from like free to play games. But with apex, I've dropped money on the, even though I've barely played it recently, <laughs> I dropped money on the uh, battle pass because I was like, Hey, I really support what this team has been doing. So this is my way of being like, hey, thank you. Take my eight dollars. <laughs> you know, shut up and take my yeah, money. I mean, it's eight bucks. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, the just what you said, just from the article, it it, it seems more like a manager. Uh, yeah, the uppers were restricting it and everything like that. I think Chris just said it in uh, the chat, but. Uh, all the devs and all the artists and everybody involved with it, I mean, they put hours and hours and hours of their life and time into it. And it's their baby. They love it because that's what they created. I'm going to experience it because it takes a lot of effort and time to do what they do. And it yeah. is a gorgeous A lot of game. people are just scared for it Bioware since having two flops in a row. I think they need to stop naming their games. A lot of with studios A's, like because both of their A games did Andromeda not. and because uh, <laughs> you had Andromeda and them. Like I was teasing, I was I was playing with Bife the other day, and I was like, okay, either it's that Bife kills games because every time that he says a game, it's going to be like groundbreaking and epic. It flops because he he killed Andromeda as well, or it's just because they need to switch over their like alphabetical naming system <laughs> and call it Bantham and it would have been totally good. I don't know. He was really excited Bantam. for that game too when I watched that <laughs> podcast. He was really excited. And he got, when I told him, I'm like, by a few, you're a game killer. He was like, wait, what? <laughs> he was so upset by it. Oh, that's so mean. Oh. I'm allowed to tease the British guy, okay? It's my job. I like Bella. I really like your well, I'll still get maniacal it. serial killer laugh in the background. That's <laughs> good. That's good. That's good. You created you a good ambiance. Guys, I'm just going organic. I'm going with the ways of indies, man. Like, some indies titles out there, but I, I believe maybe Average Joe has seen more indies on a particular game floor at a particular convention. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's tons. I, I, I don't even more. know where to start. Are we going into community? Uh, well, community let's see that into patch report, but um, Goku's going to take us through uh, our character analysis. Oh, sure. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Aang. So it's Aang, not Ong, like the horrible movie that we will not talk about. <laughs> I love that movie. What movie? No, no, ban him. <laughs> just, just, the M. Night Shyamalan movie was horrid. 
when you watch the cartoons, the was, the movie was really bad. Oh, are there cartoons that People? go with it too? Oh my god! <laughs> Ban him too. Him and him and Sentinel need to be banned right now. Ten minute timeouts. Go chat. Go swords. Go. So this is going to be a very TLDR uh, version of it because there's a lot. So Aang is <laughs> the main protagonist in the Emmy-winning uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which was released on February twenty-first. 2005 on Nickelodeon. It ran for three seasons and has a follow-up series called The Legend of Korra, which tied up the series' lore and story. The series was created and produced by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Coney Tetsoka. It follows Aang's journey to master all four elements and save the world. The Avatar is the bridge between the mortal and spiritual worlds, maintaining balance between the two and also the four nations of the mortal world. The four nations are the Earth Kingdom, the Fire Nation, the Northern and Southern Water Tribes, and the Air Nomads. Each nation has a special few individuals that are able to bend and manipulate their respective elements. The Avatar is the only person able to bend all four elements at once. They are re- reincarnated at birth in a nation cycled called the Avatar Cycle and are trained from a young age to be the Avatar. My bad, my light just went off because it's 1pm. <laughs> and at 1pm in Canada... Wait, 1pm? 1am. Good afternoon. In Canada, they just shut off all the lights to save no, it, power in Canada because it takes a lot to run that electricity. <laughs> sure. Time to go to sleep, so the, Mr. Goku. The Avatar uh, are trained from a very young age and are hold a very prestigious title and role within the world. When the previous Avatar, which is av- which was Avatar Roku, passed, the spirit was reincarnated into the Air Nation, uh, the next in the chain. This is the moment when Fire Lord Sozin, pirated up by a fire-enhancing comet, tried to preemptively eliminate uh, the birth of the next Avatar by attempting genocide on the Air Nomads. He ultimately failed. Sozin was a bad man. What did you say, Dr. Casey? He was. He was a very bad man. He ultimately failed and spent the remainder of his years searching for the Avatar when um, he was uh, was also the one that started what was called the 100-Year War. When the Fire Nation was progressively taking control of the world. In the current timeline... Uh, Fire Lord Ozai is the ruler of the Fire Nation, uh, who are still trying to take control of the world. His son, Prince Zuko, uh, who also uh, had been banished, is also trying to find and capture the Avatar in order to regain his honor, in order to be accepted back into the Fire Nation. On to Aang. We first meet Avatar Aang when he is freed from an iceberg with his uh, trusty flying bison, Appa, by Soka and Katara from the Southern Water Tribe. Uh, 
they all later learned that Aang had been frozen in the ice uh, for a hundred years and was able to stop um, uh, was unable to stop the Fire Nation from taking control of the world. The Avatar is normally told about his destiny when they're about 16 years of age. However, given the Fire Nation's war looming, the monks told Aang uh, when he was only 12 years old. Overwhelmed with the incredible burden, Aang ran away. While running away, Aang and Appa uh, were uh, caught in a sudden storm, and his avatar state trapped them in an air bubble, saving their lives. But like I mentioned, they were only found a hundred years later. Over the course of the three seasons, Aang and his friends travel to different nations to help him learn how to master uh, the other three elements, all the while evading capture from the Fire Nation. Throughout the difficult times, Aang kept his signature humor and carefree nature, even though he knew uh, what all of this training would ultimately lead to, a battle against Fire Lord Ozai in order to save the world. A dope it, it, it battle, really was. Uh, when Sozin's comet uh, arrives, it amplifies all Firebender's abilities, and this is when the world takeover was commencing. Aang faced up against Fire Lord Ozai, and when Aang gained the upper hand, he decided to be lenient. When the fire, uh, when Ozai retaliated. Aang used what was called energy bending to take away Ozai's ability to bend, thus ending the 100-year war. After the end of the war, Aang began a relationship with Katara, uh, maintained peace, transformed the nations to the United Republic of Nations, and the couple also had three children, Bumi, a non-bender, Kaya, a uh, waterbender, and Tenzin, an airbender, who was tasked with rebuilding and training new airbenders. Due to... Now we're getting to the legend. Yeah, kind of dipping the toe into it a little bit. Due to being trapped into the in the ice and uh, the use of uh, the Avatar state, this drained much of Aang's life energy, and he passed at the relatively young age of 66. That was his biological age there. He was reincarnated as Korra, a headstrong, hot-headed, and rebellious girl from the Southern Water Tribe. Aang's young age and... In- wait, 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 wait. They're the same person? Yeah. It's the spirit The hot the girl ad- from the other stuff is the dude from the first stuff? Just reincarnated. It's more like... Brain like just a- went... You didn't know this? I, I've never really watched. I just know that there's a cute flying thing, and there's a lot of Momo. elements, and then there's a really kick-ass hot oh, watch lady. The, watch the entire series. It's into really, really too, good. So I like her. Yeah, you like, okay. I, I, being the big man-child of the room, I definitely <laughs> It's one of my favorite animated like, series. I've been told that so it, many but... times, and I, I keep meaning to. It's just that's mm. that's my, that's where I'm sitting right now, so just... My mind has been slightly blown. That's all. No, but yeah, no. Uh, it's so like, good. Uh, mm, this is this is Goku's show. This is Goku's show. So uh, just, just have, 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 have to go. Movie, 
Uh, no, no, don't watch the movie. <laughs> no, no, ban him now. Ban him now. Aang's young age and inexperience shows uh, in his carefree and adventurous uh, nature, and sometimes his naive persona. He ultimately uh, wanted to be just like everyone else who didn't have the burden of being the Avatar. Uh, feeling ostracized and isolated from the other kids due to being the Avatar, Aang yearned to, for friends and family, but always had uh, the pressuring reminder that his life was uh, already preordained, having no real say in who he'll become. This is a large burden for anyone to bear. Uh, that's why Avatars typically learn their status later in life. As a 12-year-old, in the middle of his adolescence formative years, Aang uh, knows he's not like other kids and forces him to grow up much faster than he wants. Coupled with the monks trying to send him away uh, from the only real friend he had, which is Mong Gyatso, Aang, Aang's stress level rose to a point where he needed to flee the situation. Him running away, uh, being trapped in ice, and not being there for the people he loved also creates a uh, great deal of guilt for Aang. Over the course of the series, we see Aang develop as a character, growing into the role of Avatar while still keeping his mild-mannered nature and love for all creatures. And that's the rundown of Avatar Aang. I got it. Yeah, no, I mean, all the all the uh, characters you picked were, were really good. Mm-hmm. Like they're all definitely um, all experienced some uh, big trauma, mm-hmm. yeah. strife, yeah. strife. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Like honestly, I just didn't think I didn't think Ang was going to take it by you know yeah. a landslide. A lot of people like Avatar. When I saw the poll, I was like. Yeah, apparently, kind of seeing that Aang one and kind of going back on it. It's like, well, I have to rewatch the that series. I'm kind of restarting the series, and it kind of put on pause now that I'm kind of going through my Marvel binge. (laughs) True. I mean, well, what's honestly after hearing your recap, I I kind of want to go find the the uh, the DVD chapter. They actually have a Blu-ray remaster now. I have this. Condition called poverty, and um, um, I don't know if I can do that. You can probably find it online somewhere. <laughs> Shh, I am it's a pirate too. We'll find it for you. Um, oh, I already have it. It's I think uh, Goku, Thank you so much for LimeWire. Napster. Napster. LimeWire. <laughs> Man, those let me days. send that to you through my ICQ chat. <laughs> go to a yard sale no one should ever be selling their avatar <laughs> dvd sets that is that is that's almost saying that the m like shemlaw movie was good that's just as bad and, no. and what's bad a, no before seeing uh the series i watched the m night Shyamalan movie prior to seeing the series I was like, oh, this is so not bad. That was bad. your It was on sale at Best Buy multiple, multiple years ago. So I picked up the movies. Like, oh, yeah. this looks interesting. And then I found out, oh, it's a cartoon. Oh, I'm going to watch the cartoon. And it, it's so much better than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're no longer allowed to do the character analysis. <laughs> 
Yeah, next week Dave's gonna get it. I'll even give it to Aver- you. Know what, Bell? You got this next week. People will, will, will vote on a character, and Dave's just gonna tell everyone about like how many kills he got in PUBG that week. Probably two. <laughs> so it turns out Gwen Stacy doesn't play PUBG. So we're moving on to my man, Grenadier <laughs> J. I just watched. Like I mean, I'm on a Spider-Man Spider-Verse bench. I've watched that movie like four times already. Oh, it's so good. I want it. I want it. Gwen to win, good movie. That was. Yeah. I wanted. I thought Gwen would be a nice choice. I that wanted to balance second, it up with like second episode in a row where we tried to get Gwen. Let's keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, really? Was, Gwen failed yeah, before. Because that was uh, Joe's suggestion in the last episode as well. Dear viewers and listeners of the podcast, I need y'all to rig the next decision. Well, we, well, well, when Gwen Stacy comes one, back, I need Hulk, her to right? win. Funny you mention that. Um, funny, yes. Funny you mention that. Um, so we threw in. So we we have like a channel in our in our community Discord that's just for the podcast where we can all kind of like uh, get our ideas together and make sure we're all ready to record and everything. And um, and like when we don't have a guest on, uh, you know the we come up with the uh, uh, the poll suggestions for the character analysis. And this is before Bell was on our team. And so it was me, Dave, um, Joe, and Dr. Goku. And uh, Joe just forgot to respond. He just never responded. And I asked him like several times. And so I was like, all right, well, well, I said, well, Joe, if you don't respond, I'm going to put Hello Kitty for for the poll. And um, (laughs) he didn't respond, so I did. And Hello Kitty won. Um, wow! So the whole community wow. just had this spite. Where did your procrastination <laughs> get you there? <laughs> yeah, we, we had Brian Marcus on with us. Amazing artist on, and so like Goku went through like the first like five minutes, just like <laughs> go through so, in his super like official professional like Canadian accent. He's like, so Hello Kitty. Also known as the Empress of the Hello Kitty Island, which Empress does of the have adventures, and he he did really good for like a couple minutes, like going through it. He goes, "Well, actually, analysis is going to be on this person." Who was it? I forgot. Who it was. <laughs> was it Raziel? Uh, apparently, yeah, yeah, the joke yeah. was that. Yeah, it was Raziel. It was Raziel. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh, Anyways. Man. Um, but uh, good, good thank you for taking us through Aang um, uh, from the last Airbender. Great, great options for a poll. Oh I, I, I live near you. I can kill you. <laughs> Come get my precious GG button. <laughs> GG's. Um, but uh, I know we're running short on time. Um, Joe, t- take us through your um, your time at PAX East. It was a good time. Um, it was very busy in this and that. Uh, I was one of the psychomancers for TakeThis.org, so I was in the uh, diversity lounge uh, on Friday between uh, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. So it was really great interacting with the uh, gaming community and talking to as many people as I possibly could about uh, mental health and uh, just various topics and uh, pointing them in the right direction if they needed any support while they're at the convention and uh, maybe just a quiet place. Um, take this, uh, created something called an AFK room. And if you don't know what AFK is, it's uh, from gaming and this stands for away from keyboard. Um, 
so they created a on-site quiet room that has clinicians and mental health professionals on site to speak with if you need support or if you feel overwhelmed from the crowds and everything, you can go there to kind of escape and digress. Uh, so I got that opportunity that was fantastic. And when I went to the floor, I went and I just was texting our friend, uh, Ken Hall. I took, you know, I, I was texting him on my way out to Boston and, uh, as soon as I got done with the booth and I was done with my time, I went and found him on the floor. And Ken, uh, our good buddy over there at Two Dog Games, is the CEO and creative director of a game called Destiny Sword. And Destiny Sword, he, two weeks prior, they just got a actual alpha test version of the game up and running so at pax they actually highlighted it and you were actually able to play both sides of the game uh it's absolutely fantastic and mental health plays as much of a factor in the game as the combat so prior to going into combat you actually interact with all the different various characters so you have this guy this lady every single one of them has a super or a special in this and that but you have to talk with them and they have a chart at the bottom which is kind of like a trivial pursuit pie each section or slice of the pie represents a certain mental uh excuse me <laughs> you're excused <laughs> a different uh way mental health is affecting them grief anger this and that and you can build their stats up and that actually goes forward into the combat so once you get into the combat side it is kind of separated kind of like a analog pad on a uh, controller so you got up down left right enemy in the middle four squads of four and right now you were they had it separated so only four people at a time could play but there was dps healer all the different you know uh catalogs and uh categories of uh just every game and depending on how their the character's mental state was fed into the dialogue and how they how they uh well, they performed in combat. So, you know, one guy might have been feeling more grief than anything because they lost a, a friend in the last fight. Uh, they had a breakdown and could not, you know, continue with combat. So they kind of fell down or they were more weak. So they would take more damage and this and that. So it was an absolute great demo that they had there. I suggest everybody look at it. What was that name it. again? And Ken Destiny, Destiny Sword. Okay. This is. He sent me, because I told him that Dr. Goku uh, <laughs> wanted some some souvenir stuff for me to send him. And he gave me one of their comic oh, books. Awesome. They only printed a certain amount of these. And they're very great. And they go in depth. He actually had the entire team sign it. And even the composer, uh, Jake, signed it for him. So I got this and a bunch of other goodies and this and that to send out. And he's going to be sending us some codes once they uh, get it Wait. up. And running, we gotta have uh, so later this Ken summer we'll be getting yeah maybe, maybe towards the release of the game and uh, I I think he needs to name one of the weapons in the game the segue 
<laughs> or the crazy. I like the crazy. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Awesome. So it was great getting to catch up with Ken after a year. And then there were so many games and so many big developers and indie developers. I mean, there was... Uh, we glad you had a uh, good time out there. Um, that kind of wraps us up this week. Um... Before we get going with all of our stuff, uh, Dr. Crazy, where can people get you on the interwebs and uh, where can people find out more about uh, Twitch Atlanta if you're uh, uh, a nerd if you're a so, nerd in, the, in Georgia or the Atlanta area? If you're a nerd in Georgia, and I've had heard cases where people have come to us from the panhandle of Florida, from Alabama, mm-hmm. Mississippi... In South Carolina, but if you're, if you're in the Southeast and you're touring Atlanta, come check out our Twitter, Twitch Atlanta. T, uh, it's, yeah, just Twitch Atlanta. Um, we, uh, link there to our Discord. Definitely come check us out. Follow and, the channel. It's not just for streamers, is it? Oh, no, no, no. I want followers. I want everybody. If you are a fan of a Georgia streamer, I want you to come check it out. I don't want you doing the weird stuff, you know, coming stalking your people. But if you want to come and get in the community, we all of our channels are active after the great reformation. <laughs> after the purge. Like <laughs> after the reformation of our uh community, I believe the Discord, uh, thanks to my mods, just runs perfectly. But going down the social medias, we're on your Instagrams, we're on your twitch.tvs, we're on your I think we even have the domain. Uh, discord.gg forward slash Twitch Atlanta. We're partnered with Discord as well. So discord.gg slash Twitch Atlanta. If there is a social media where Twitch Atlanta is not there, we need a Pinterest. We need to, we need to work on that. But um, the, the, the Twitters, the Instagrams, like come check us out. We're trying to be the, the, the next community. We're trying to be the next um, uh, Vancouver. Like I hear, that's the that's the one to beat in terms of the Twitch community Illuminati I'm part of. So, um, as for me personally, if you want to follow me, I God have mercy on your soul. Um, uh, you can follow me at the Doctor Crazy on your Instagram, your Twitches, your uh, just uh, your, uh, Insta- uh, <laughs> Twitch, Twitter, Twitter. That's what I meant to say. Sorry, I'm just trying to get this done quickly. Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. I'm there. Come say hi. I'll say hello back because I'm a nice human like that. So fantastic. Um, but again, yeah. uh, thank you uh, for coming on. Um, it was good. No problem. Uh, re- really great, great mental topic. Great uh, character analysis choices. Uh, great podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to murder you. No. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can, uh, again, thank you all for joining the project this week. You can reach us uh, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, all the place. Just search uh, Project Guardians. All of, the, all of those things are linked, projectguardians.org. Uh, we have some really awesome news coming up. Uh, we will be doing our next uh, mental health awareness and charity stream for stackup.org in, um, in May. On May 18th, uh, just uh, pay attention to our Twitter. We're going to have more info on that. Um, uh, we have an awesome Discord that is linked on our website. It's also pinned on our uh, Twitter as well. Um, let's do us iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, write us a, a review if you want. That'd be cool. Or don't. We It's whatever. You do you, boo. 
We like Yelp. This is the last time you're coming here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sweet. I got fired. <laughs> Done. I'm out. Um, now, see, UI can ban fired. from our chat. <laughs> no, no, <I> <laughs> um, but, uh, Belle, where, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm Bell Bunny all over the place. <laughs> you know, I could actually do it if I don't look at your face, Sentinel. It's the second I start looking at your face, I can't do it. <laughs> um, anyway, Bell Bunny all over the place for the most part. I tweet a lot. Um, and then also, I guess, yeah, check out uh, To The Rescue game on Twitter and just To The Rescue on uh, Steam and wishlist us. And uh, that's what I'm working on. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Goku. Where people find you? Uh, they can find me at all of the places online at SSJ5Goku28. Um, Twitch, Twitter, or Discord. Uh, YouTube's getting a little bit more uh, love lately. I'm planning two more videos to be coming out in the, the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye out for, for those. Awesome. Uh, Dave, what's your um, what's your only farmer's link again? No, I'm, I'm not using it very much right now. I'm in Indeed.com right now all the time. <laughs> but uh uh hatchy dave anywhere in their internet uh if you guys are playing uh division by yourself and you want a clan come check out uh crimson agents shameless plug for my clan so uh hatchy dave just find me anywhere awesome and uh bye bell um uh joe where people find you you can find me on Twitter, AverageJoe227, and at <laughs> a lot of Discord servers. <laughs> you too? Are you in my Illuminati yes. Discord? <laughs> it's oh possible. God. Awesome. Um, and you can find me just about everywhere. That's just it. search Sentinel Dad. Uh, you can find me uh, Twitch everywhere. Twitter, there's an extra D on the end. Uh, but all the places, you'll find me. Um... Again, thank you all for joining the project this week, and uh, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>